Holy City Sound Off, Episode 5. And we have Tristan here this evening with us. Virtual Tristan, talking floating head Tristan here to join the podcast tonight. Gentlemen, how we doing? Uh, I have a headache, but I'm doing well. We're doing it. My yeah. head's, I don't know, my head's, my head's just like, it's one of those days where it's just bang, 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 you know? Those are the worst. Just kind of like Andrew's, Andrew's got a bit of a headache. He's slamming the water. Coach Connor, how have, uh, how's preseason sessions gone today for the LaSalle University men's soccer yeah. team? Couple of long days, but training, Coach Wall, Coach Wall. Training was better today. I do have to say the boys came in a little out of shape, but so that's a little unfortunate. But you know, you know us. Do they listen? We'll get them back into this podcast. Did you get a chance to call them out a little bit behind the scenes? A couple kids mentioned to me, um, they're like, "Oh yeah, I checked out this." I think they're big fans of some of the YouTube content that we throw up. So. Uh, they Love do it. check that out. Connor Walls. I don't know. Um, yeah. Embracing his inner Ben Pierman. With these He's right. trying. You know, I might need Connor some tips Peplinder's from Ben. Pierman. Yeah. I've been reading his book, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping something Oh, we know. I've heard the guys make funny for it every time. Oh, I go yeah. Over pretty much to record. They oh, love yeah. to. Uh, oh, yeah. Linders. Get their Pep Linders jabs in. Uh, speaking of jabs, Orange County Soccer Club got two jabs in against Charleston Battery yesterday, getting a clean sheet win 2 nothing. We'll talk about Battery, Andrew. I know you have some points and takeaways, but uh, first of all, shout out to Orange County. This is their sixth win in a row. They are easily the USL's hottest team right now. Yeah, that's an impressive string of games. And that's, to emphasize the point, six matches of with all three points, not six matches unbeaten. And that's really difficult to do to be that dominant for a, a string of games and heading into what's a very crucial part of the season in a knockout style of competition like the USL championship playoffs. It's I fear personally, the team that gets hot at the right time versus maybe that most dominant team or the top team throughout the entire season that has handled that one seed. So They'll they'll be a team to watch. I'll probably have my eyes glued to them. Um, they play very well at home. So well, you look at like an s- example of that's Inter Miami. Messi comes in, they win like a few games, and then they win a trophy. Like yeah, like they they win the knockout stage of the League Cup in MLS. Yeah. So like for, to the example of getting hot, the right. Oh time. yeah, for sure. I mean, they did get messy, but yeah. <laughs> but then they like start. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. started playing a lot for that, but. Um, and a big shout out to Oakland City's. Oh, sorry, um, Orange County. Oakland Roots. We're talking about. Yeah, we're. I'm getting Orange County. Orange County. I, I had. We were talking about Oakland before we started. Orange there's a lot County. Of O's. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of O's. Orange County's um, uh, interim manager um, Morton Carsland. He actually took over for. Um, was coached for three years, Richard uh, Chaplow. Um, Orange County and Richard Chaplow parted ways back in May um, after. You know, leadership didn't see the club going in the direction that they wanted. And ever since Morton stepped up, they've uh, they've actually been they've won eight of their last nine games. So like they've they're on this streak, but they were winning games prior to that. So mm-hmm. it's they're they're in the right direction, like you mentioned. And a switch up came at the right time. I feel like the USL is probably one of the most cutthroat leagues from a player and manager perspective because it's quick churn from these players to these clubs. So mm-hmm. it's a uh, you got to make those decisions, and those that decision was the right move, and you could see it last in last night's game and 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 the games prior to this. So yeah, to be sitting third in the Western Conference, there are some pretty 
large forces out on the West Coast to be dealing with. So yeah, probably. yeah, I think winning eight of nine in any league. I, I don't know where they were sitting before in the Western Conference, but they've pretty quickly surged up the table here. Jump past Oakland, jump past San Diego, Colorado, who have all good seasons so far. But also kind of goes to show you how good San Antonio and Sacramento have been. Still seven point cushion. San Antonio on 47 points, Sacramento on 48 with with Orange County on 40. So it's definitely a ground that they can make up in the time that they have left in the season. Still a pretty good chunk left. But yeah, I mean, they put in some insane work. And and Connor, to your point, that's just about probably the last team you'd want to play going into the playoffs as a team that's carrying a streak like that. But yeah, Orange County really getting it done. But Charleston, uh, two one and two in their last five matches. I think there's a, a little bit left to be desired, but they've also been on the road quite a bit, and their road record has been pretty phenomenal this season. So can't really be too hard on them. But they've done a lot of traveling as of late. It, it seems like they're they're in some different city every weekend. I was going to ask you guys if you think that was the reason why they might have been, looked a bit slow. I mean, the first half, the, the first half, they were a bit more positive and like high press, and it was kind of even up until that goal. Um, I guess, do you think the road had anything to do with their physical, mental state? I mean, it is something that's mentioned by players across all professional leagues in the United States is how much travel NBA players bring it up all the time, but how much travel actually is involved in this instance, they obviously have to go across the entire country with, which isn't only travel. You're dealing with schedule changes, obviously the time zone. So that can throw you off. So, yeah, that, that is a lot. I'm sure it does play a factor. I felt as though on the day, it's almost one of those performances you could hang your hang your hat on a bit and just be like, this team did a bit more than us on the day. The, the two goals that they did score, there's not all that much you can do about them. Like that set piece, you could not concede the set piece, but that's bound to happen across 90 minutes. And the second goal, you could say that Dodson should have committed harder into that head ball and cleared the lines. But, I mean, you don't see strikes that show up like that either from uh, outside back or anything like that. So it's like, I think, I do think travel has a factor always in sports in the U.S., but. I don't know if it was the overwhelming factor in this game, I, I guess I would say. But Tristan, what do you think? I mean, I definitely think so. I, I know for a fact this is the time of year. I mean, when you think about the what, what this period would be like in Premier League is the holiday period when there's a huge congestion of matches. Not that there's more matches in the USL, but this is just that time of year where guys start to get a little bit achy and tired. Maybe there's a few more injuries than usual. Those extra miles on the road really, really start to add up and you really start to feel them when you get to cities where a lot of teams have been playing well. I mean, the the battery are a good side and you want to make sure you can get a point against them at least. So they're going to get the best version of most of the teams that they play as other good teams would. So, yeah, I absolutely think that that played an effect. Uh, Looking at their next six matches, they go home away, home away, home away. Uh, then they're home for their next two after that. So they'll be at Patriots point a bit more, which I think will do them quite well. I can see their form starting to starting to heat back up a little bit, but the traveling's definitely not done. I mean, September 2nd, Labor Day weekend, they had to New Mexico. That's quite a trip. They'll go to Loudoun two weeks after that, and then they're headed to El Paso the, the last weekend in September. So this is just going to be a grind for them. They're going to have mm-hmm. to tighten up. They're probably Ben's going to probably have to use a few more players than he than he would have even imagined. But going on the road against these sides, I mean, I think I think that's as expected. But 
again, two, one and two is, isn't the worst record to have in your last five. They're in a good position already in the standings question for you guys, though. Do you see any fluctuation where they sit right now? Do you, do you think the third spot would be kind of be that nice place to land for playoffs where they'd get, you know, a competitive side, but do you think that they should be trying to hit where the rowdies are, where river hounds are? I'm just trying to think of what the additives are for finishing first. I don't remember if you get a buy or not in, in playoffs. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, they'll get the home advantage if they remain third. And obviously I think get as high as you can. The, the drop off from Pittsburgh is super short. It's a, it's a four point difference. So, um, I think staying within that one to third range is what they want to do. They've gotten to this point for themselves. Um, so you might as well try and keep that considering the amount of games that they're about to consistently play both at home and the way. So, yeah, I would say I would be very happy if they're managed to stay third because that's where they have a bit of a cushion Memphis though. It's a very hot team. Obviously, Lou City sit below them. I guess you'd be more worried about Memphis because they have three matches in hand on the battery. So that's a potential nine points, which would allow them to jump the battery in the standings. If they can finish third, there's a, a mental aspect to it, too, for the players, I would imagine. Finishing third is like, okay, that's where we are. We're behind the two best teams in the East. The Riverhound, like historically, the two best teams in it. East behind the Rowdies and the River Hounds. Those those are the Goliaths. They've always been very steady teams. The Rowdies, I foresee sitting first by the end of the season just because of the matches in hand as well. Those play in, they have two matches on the River Hounds and are only sitting behind them by three points. So I would say it's gonna it's gonna all shake out with the Rowdies sitting top, River Hounds second, and I Ideally, the battery finishing third. Mentally going to the playoffs, I feel as though if they fall to fourth, they where then they've been sitting anywhere from one to three the whole season, it might have a little bit of a confidence knock against them where they're like, oh, now we're going in fourth. Like we've been third or above all season, and then this team came in and jumped us. It, it might get in their head or make them think that they didn't finish a job in the regular season, even though set things aside come playoffs. So. Third, I would be very content heading in, and I think they like that little bit of a chip on their shoulder where you go in first, there's a lot of pressure. Sometimes when they're up in first, they always don't play the best the next match out, so you go in with third, you have a chip on your shoulder, and then I think that's when the battery play their best. It's all mind games at this point, I feel like, when it gets to that one to third spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think so too. There really won't be a whole lot separating the top three clubs. I think in either conference, it feels like the Eastern Conference, as always, is pretty stacked. There's a lot of teams that you could still argue are pretty phenomenal hovering around the middle of the pack, like Indy 11, Louisville City. Those are two really experienced sides. And who knows when playoffs actually start, which is a thing that we forget is in the USL, having watched so much Premier League an experienced playoff team goes a long way. It's the same thing in any pro American sport, a a, a team like the Kansas city chiefs in the NFL, even if they don't have the best regular season, you know, based on their playoff experience, they're going to be able to make a run. Rowdies have that experience. Riverhounds definitely have that experience. So it'll be really interesting to see once the playoffs come around where all these teams shake out. I feel like it'll be extremely difficult to predict, but you know, we, we talked a little bit about expectations with Rob last week, which if you haven't checked out that interview, where have you been? Please listen to it as soon as you listen to this podcast. But 
we talked a little bit about expectations for the season. I feel like this time last year, Charleston was probably at the bottom of the division. Really, really tough record, tough stats all around. But if you think about like a bar that was set for them, we talk about being happy with them finishing third. But I mean, I think about from the Charleston fan base standpoint, how exceptional a turnaround this is for them and then how much work goes into that as well. It's, it is really quite impressive. I was going to say that like we, the USL is very cutthroat in that, like I mentioned, the churn rate of players and coaches, and you could see teams maybe jump more like higher in the table one season compared to another. But I feel like you still have to look at what, at it for what it is. And it's a project. And although they signed the best manager in the league and the best goalkeeper in the league, from last year, it doesn't necessarily mean success, but it means the step in the right direction. And I think that's what being third is, even if you finish there. So mm-hmm. um, I think like I think the fans, like you mentioned, Tristan, are going to be extremely happy with where they finish if it is third. And if they don't even make it far into the playoffs, per se, fingers crossed that that, that doesn't happen, then I still feel like they're, in the, they're a step in the right direction. They've signed some young, talented players and something to build upon the teams change every year, but it doesn't mean that you don't keep the core group um, at the center for what it is. So I feel like, yeah, like you said, the expectation is this is, this is surpassed that probably. Yeah, it is progress. And you do have to, as a fan, you have to keep that. You have to keep those goalposts in order. You know what I mean? You don't want to end up like Arsenal fans come yeah. down the back stretch last season where it's like, Oh, we win this title or bought like, you know what I mean? There's all that. And it's like, wait, let's, let's scale things back. Arsenal going into the season, the, the sites were set on like top four. Yeah. It wasn't to win the league. So you, you do have to manage those. And yes, the battery, I think their fans will do that. And I think they're very appreciative of all the work that goes in and that progress, it's just going to make them all that more excited for next season, even if it doesn't go in their favor down the stretch. Yeah. And like speaking on the game itself, like the takeaways that that Ben Pierman mentioned it was um, number one being, you know, t- taking their foot off the gas, and then he takes he credits or he takes responsibility from a leadership perspective on that. Um, you know, from a training perspective to um, building it up to the, to the to game day, and then a big thing for him was courage. The team lacked courage, and you know, certain moments they weren't selfish enough. They weren't taking their chances. So that was a big word he used post match and. It's a big word he used at Louisville. Courage is like, it takes you way farther than um, a system at, at times will because you can have the perfect system, but if you're not courageous in your actions, then you're not going to get very far. So that's kind of his philosophy. And it's you've seen this team have insane wins, have insane moments on the pitch, and you can see that he's instilling that into the club. No doubt. I mean, I I, I love his, his mottos as a coach. I think we can be impressed at how much progress the battery have made and, and all credit where it's due to everybody at the club who's helped, you know, throw some into the ring and, and get the job done. But I would have to think Ben Pierman's sort of at the center of a lot of the success that they've had. You know, he would obviously direct credit everywhere elsewhere than, than, than himself. But, you know, with following him came a lot of really great players who have been phenomenal this year. They do like do look like a completely different side that has a great counterattack. You know, they seem really well equipped. They don't really seem badly outmatched by anybody in the USL, which is one of the best things you can say about any side, you know, looking to make a, a long playoff run. But I really would credit him largely. I, I, I was really impressed when we spoke to him. What was it, man? Back in December at this point, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. we, we interviewed him and 
you know, we didn't know a lot about him then. And the thing that I, the thing that I, I liked the most about that interview was asking him about his playing style and him sort of being pretty right. frank and saying he likes to possess, he likes to press, he likes to be aggressive. And I think everything we've seen this season has pointed to just that. Um, and it'll be exciting to see that a season like this, they can really build off of, I mean, going into next season, it seems like there's a lot more signings they can make. I keep forgetting arguably one of the better players they signed out of the MLS, whose name escapes me. He's been hurt the whole year. Hundwala. You know, he, he, yeah, he's Hundwala been down and he, going in. I thought he was going to, going to be one of the guys, you know, he has quite yeah. a few MLS caps to his name. So if he can come back healthy, that adds like a whole different dynamic to the midfield. But um, yeah, really good stuff so far. Uh, and, also debuting a new uh, new little video-related uh, aspect of the battery. You guys want to talk about that? Oh, yeah, the all-access. I was talking to Ben, Ben Clemens, behind the scenes. Um, up, ben. I didn't watch the second one yet. I still have to watch it. I'm going to watch that tonight. But the first one was really cool. I mean, it just gives you a, a lens into, obviously, how legit these, like, these teams are. Like, we see the all-access at the highest level in the Prem and the MLS, but... Um, you know, like their pre-match routine, their post-match or their their day of arrival, their training. Like they just they gave you access to like Coach Pierman working with the players. We saw the boys Kuz and uh, AJ. AJ talking it up, talking about getting loose, getting lunch or whatever, <laughs> getting food and playing some card game. I think they were playing cards. They're games saying they got to play cards. I think they were stretching. They were stretching. And, uh, yeah, they said they got to play cards. They're gonna play some cards. But uh, it was fun. It was a fun watch, and then it was obviously over a really really competitive Louisville game. So. They had clips from the game with the rain and all that and uh, the controversy post-match or controversy during the match. So, yeah, no, it was a very, very well uh, put together production. And, I mean, I'd love to see more USL teams do that because even looking at the cl- like even looking at Orange, um, Orange County Soccer Club, like they have a very cool stadium and a big fan base. It's in a cool part in California. Like I feel like that's something... Like you look at these teams, they have such a big following, and like you could see, you get access into like how these teams function. So, um, and to grow the league, I feel like high produ- high production quality films is what draws eyes to your channel on YouTube. We talk about that all the time as creators on on that platform. So, mm. you put more of those out, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm never gonna not watch those things. You know what I mean? The people eat those up, yeah. and, and they did. The comments that responded in the regiment chat were all showing very high praise like great production well we want to see more of this like that that's the stuff that fans really look for and it helps them build a connection to the club and i guess push push for uh some of the battery staff to be able to tag along on more road trips because that's that's what they did like they got to saddle up and get on the bus go go with the team on that long road trip and it, it makes a huge difference um that's stuff that you never get to see and getting the voiceovers, having it done by some of the coaching staff like that. That's how you learn about the game and understand what these players go through and the commitment levels and the nuances of the game. It's, it's, it's what makes it beautiful. You know, you get to see them not just on the line in between the lines, um, busting their stones for 90 minutes. You get to, you see a little personality, you get to see them smile and all that couple jokes here or there. Like it's, it's good vibes for sure. Yeah, and I would even say like make it even a step easier because you're right the the match day vlogs and the behind the scenes stuff I think will always get a really good reaction, good for all ages. Something every single fan can buy into a little bit extra that they can get or feel like they're getting from the club that they support. 
I would even go again a, a step simpler. The, one of the things I love watching sometimes is just simply raw training footage. I like watching oh, yeah. Tottenham training footage. Connor, you used to bring up Liverpool training footage all the time. Like it is fun to watch your favorite team behind the scenes. They'll do fun, you know, fun drills where they're all celebrating. And every time it's a battery guy's birthday, I think they make him run through a tunnel and then just pelt his ass with water and everything. <laughs> and they're precisely. Yeah, yeah, which is which is always a fun a fun thing to see and for and for fans to check out. So yeah, the match day vlogs are great. I think it would it would be a great idea for every club to have just somebody with a camera who is even remotely personable and can help sort of promote them from more of a, I guess, contemporary way. They can throw it on YouTube, make more content. But again, I would push for more just training access, like not so much that Ben starts to say, okay, now we got guys scouting us on YouTube. But what I mean is just, again, raw footage of them taking free kicks or doing some sort of team competition or like, a lot of times in preseason, uh, Premier League clubs will do like, uh, you know, inner squad scrimmage, like a red team versus blue team. And at the end, they'll all post pictures like blue team won again today. And it's like yeah. a portion of your squad who you're thinking, oh, that's cool. They did, a uh, you know, a five aside or something like that. So really, really easy, easy to do. So I, I commend Charleston for, again, taking advantage of what is something that's pretty easy to set up. It does require a mind like Ben who's pretty, you know, well versed and knowledge in that aspect. But Easy for a club to do, to your guys' point. I totally agree, and I feel like any club not doing it is kind of missing out on some extra views, maybe get a few extra fans that way, sell right. some extra kits. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I, I think I watched the whole Liverpool preseason through uh, the lens of YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, used to, I used to watch the um, the Three Lions, like English football's... Uh, Oh yeah, when they go to St. George's. Or they whatever. go to St. George's, and like, it, like you said, Tristan, it's just I'm like pinging the ball in a, in a rondo or... Or them doing like a fitness training thing, and it's yeah, it's watched, just like fun to watch. I watched like, Liverpool's famous lactate test where they like get blood drawn from their yeah, ear yeah. lobe. <laughs> oh my god, it is. Insane. I mean, they probably okay, well, they probably have a lot of clips already because they they do have like just a shooting video or something like that. So yeah, you just gotta like mash them into yeah. a ten minute collage. I don't know, man. Something. Just show me like a few free kicks. I don't need to see their blood getting drawn <laughs> by a doctor. That's like a little show bit Tristan the matters yeah, free kick. I don't want to see. I don't want to see like Ikaza going in for his colonoscopy. Like, hey guys, come on with me. We're gonna. This is what Spend we're doing today. Like, I'm, I'm getting my knee drained, so yeah, I'm moving to the doctors today. Like, I don't know about that, but I'll love to see some free kicks or them like there. making quarters and stuff. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, it, it's it seems like a pretty easy thing to do. So I, it could get again credit to them for taking advantage of it. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to more of those episodes coming out, especially when they do more playoff content. I mean, like I, I bring up kind of a left field comparison, but like the new season of Wrexham is coming out. And again, that's a season that they filmed during that entire crazy run where they ended up getting promoted. So I feel like this season will be insanely entertaining the same way that their all access behind the scenes videos could get entertaining during a playoff run, especially men like imagine they get to the, the final. We'd have to go to that, right? Wouldn't we? Oh, 100%. Yeah. We're going to go. Yeah. If they if they go to USL Cup final, which I again I would have to look into it. Is this at a, at a neutral location or is it the one seed hosts every game? I, don't, I would have to look. I'd that. have to look that up. I have no idea. There's because no All Star game that. to decide. Uh, yeah, who, who gets put it, uh, home field? But let me look. there's that. But I know MLS Cup is also the higher seed, and the Revs are pretty good this season. So I'm like, damn, we might have a busy end of the year because I would love to go see the revs play MLS cup. If they end up hosting it's December cool. 9th, which would be a Saturday. But then again, it looks like, and I would love to talk about my uh, inner Miami and Messi really, really quick before we wrap up seeing as 
I, we talked about this in the chat this morning, and I think we went through the stat uh, a couple weeks ago, which is that Inter-Miami would need to win, I think, 12 of their last 18 games, which seemed like a wild stat, and I thought, well, there's no way that's possible. But then I watched the League's Cup match where they absolutely busted through the competition <laughs> off the back of Messi and Busquets and Alba and uh, Kramashi, who's a youth player who played in MLS Next Pro last season for Inter-Miami, too. He's become a starter this season, and he's one of, like, they're really, really bright youngsters playing alongside Messi. But now, now, now are they going to win MLS Cup? It seems like that's a possibility. They could easily win over 12 matches. And once it gets to playoffs, I mean, see you later. There goes affording the MLS Cup final ticket, too, seeing Messi play in that. That's a tough call. I'm not, I'm not as up on the MLS, but I would say 12 and 18. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I, I could see them just getting edged out. Um, after such a big push to make playoffs, being a bit exhausted or so on, so I, I think they'll get knocked out. But they'll make I it. I don't think they'll. I think they'll make playoffs, but I don't think they'll make it as far as you might think. Do you have hope, Tristan? <laughs> it I looks do, like I'm, no, I'm sitting mean, there well, smiling. I watched, I watched a few of the league's cup matches that they played in, and if they can all stay healthy, I mean. This is. I'm not the first person to th- say this. Obviously, Messi because he is still probably top three best players in the world. MLS is sort of a, a league that's not terribly high quality. Both of those things are showing. It's showing that he's that he, he's that much better than the competition. But I, I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like there's other good sides, but but if they get going, Busquets is he, he's phenomenal. Alba could yeah. easily tear up the playoffs, but I think they could do it, guys. Honestly, I, again, I kind of hoping for the sake of maybe being able to afford a ticket to the cup final. Good luck. That they don't dude. make it. Yeah. Cause, cause that was a huge thing with the league's cup final game was how crazy ticket prices were because it could have been like messy lifting a cup, how he's kind of like, he's bringing more eyes to MLS, but he's also in turn making it like really not that affordable when it comes to the big games. So. Yeah. 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 It's tough, but, but anything else from you guys? No, nope, uh, we look ahead though to Memphis 901. Um, That'll be big. August, next weekend. That's their home game for the battery. So, um, obviously, they've already played them this season. It'll which help I think hash they, out that seeding. Which I think they drew earlier this. Did they lose? Did they lost? Uh, I think they might have. They might have yeah. lost. But, obviously, Coach Pierman's former club, Dotson's former club, Trey Muse. You know, we got some uh, some alumni of the yeah, Memphis beat battery three two. Yeah, I remember that game. It'd be pretty heated. I think it'll be a chippy game for those exact reasons you've just said, Andrew, which I'm looking forward to it. And very it's at much. it's at Patriots Point, so um at the point should be so a, that'll be nice. A, pen, pending weather, it should be um a packed house on Saturday night. Yeah. True. Yeah, and and the league leaders again, Pittsburgh Riverhounds travel. No, they host Hartford Athletic on Wednesday at seven p.m. So there's a few midweek matches this week again, sort of like that. Premier League festive period. This must be the equivalent for USL, but uh, Memphis travel to Indy 11. FC Tulsa travel to Birmingham Legion and New Mexico United travel to Oakland Roots. So if you're in the mood for some USL soccer in, in the midweek, you're in luck because you got four matches all starting between 7 and 9 p.m. So it's, it's about five hours of commercial free soccer. How, how about that? Yeah. Sounds, Get your sounds eyes on like it. Tasty ESPN Plus, USL Championship Games, um, Holy City Sound Off. Battery and USL coverage. So don't forget to, like always, follow and like, leave a comment. Do what you got to do. We'll be back soon. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Peace.